Queers Did That, a queer history podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm Katie. How are you doing today, Katie? Um, good. I feel old. My back hurts. But more importantly, we've been married for a year. Today. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. To celebrate, one of our mics isn't working on our computer for some reason, even though the mic works, but the computer doesn't. So we're recording Snuggle together. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do on your anniversary. You record a podcast, Snuggle together. Right, yep. Kate? Yep, that's exactly what you do. Cool. I'm glad we established this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about Sylvia Rivera. I don't know who that is. I'm not surprised, but you should, and we should, mm-hmm. as gay people. Because she was also extremely integral in uh, the Stonewall riots and what happened after that. Almost like she was friends with Marsha P. Johnson mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and was super important to the gay rights movement and also got pushed to the sidelines because she was brown and a sex worker and not, you know, she battled addiction. It's not like squeaky clean middle-class, white, gay dude. So, Sylvia Rivera was born and raised in New York City. Um, She was Puerto Rican and Venezuelan. Uh, She was abandoned by her birth father and became an orphan when she was three and was raised by her Venezuelan grandmother who didn't like her effeminate behavior, especially when she started wearing makeup in the fourth grade. Because she started living on the streets at the age of 11. And that's when she named, she met a bunch of drag queens. And that's who named her Sylvia. That's how she has her name. She goes a different name. Pause. So, not trans. It is trans, but... Yeah, she, like, described her, like, as more, like, very, like, fluid. But, I mean, closer to the trans experience, I would think. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can read that in there if you want to. I was just... I feel like it's good to clarify. No, it's good to clarify. Okay. Also, I know we talked about this with the Christine Jorgensen podcast. I know this time I'm going to be using outdated words because there's organizations formed after Stonewall that have these words in them. If it's anything talking about it, I'm obviously going to update the language, but that's why, if it's part of the organization, I'm going to use the words that were used then. Right. Okay. I just like saying that. I also like to clarify that. Yes. That I'm not from the 70s. What? Yeah, I know. I'm not. It's weird. Mm. <laughs> so, a lot of her activism began during the Civil Rights Movement and was against the Vietnam War and, you know, super feminist, obviously, was a regular patron of the Stonewall Inn. She was present during the Stonewall riots in 1969. She also was involved in Puerto Rican and African American youth activism as well. Because of, you know, she lived on the streets since she was 11, so she battled with substance abuse, and, you know, that kind of also fueled her activism and, like, working with, with gay homeless youth at the Christopher Street docks is, was a lot where, like, got gay homeless kids would hang out. Hmm. These experiences made her specifically focus on advocacy 
for, in her perspective, the mainstream, like, assimilation part of the LGBT activism left behind. Mm. It's kind of like now where the people who are like, oh, we have marriage, we're good, when that's, it, it helps them and that's what they wanted, but there's obviously still much more things to deal with and this is, you know, kind of the history of that too, mm-hmm. unfortunately. With Marsha P. Johnson, who we'll definitely cover in a later episode. Yeah, that's a heavy hitter. Yeah, you kind of have to do that. I was saving that for June. Makes sense. Yes. So, you know, they talk a lot about, obviously, all these issues. And they co-founded STAR, which was the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, also known as STAR, which I'll be referring to it now as. (laughs) So STAR offered advocacy for queer homeless youth and fought for the Sexual Orientation Non-Discriminate Nation Act in New York, also known as SONDA, hmm. which prohibited discrimination based on sexual orientation in employment, housing, public accommodations, education, credit, and exercise of civil rights. So that became law in New York? Like that was a thing that actually existed? Yes. Oh, cool. In 1973, the Christopher Street Liberation Day rally in New York City, which was after Stonewall, which is something I also want to cover more in depth but she was there at this rally representing star and gave a speech in front of the mates on the main stage when she called out heterosexual males who were preying on the vulnerable community at this event uh riviera and fellow queen lee brewster jumped on stage during the feminist activist gina leary speech and shouted at the crowd y'all better quiet down speech Stating, quote, you go to bars because of what drag queens did for you, and these bitches tell us to quit being ourselves. Tell me to go and hide a tail between my legs. I will no longer put up with this shit. I have been beaten. I have my nose broken. I have been thrown in jail. I have lost my job. I have lost my apartment for gay liberation. And you all treat me this way. What the fuck's wrong with you all? Think about that. So basically, they're saying that, obviously, like, the trans member, or they call them, I guess they just kind of classified themselves as, like, drag queens at that point there was like a bunch of like i mean she hung out with a bunch of drag queens i think i mean there's a whole like history of drag and like that's steeped way more in like gender fuckery than Mm -hmm. what we normally see now so i think it's hard for us to understand that but they're basically saying that the gay liberation movement's kind of just been like even though even though these people like the the trans people and the drag queens have been like basically like fighting on the front lines and kind of like helped start the movement like they're being pushed to the side yes because it's not it's not the picture that wanted to be presented i mean kind of look i mean into like the 90s and early 2000s you had middle class white gay dudes on tv being like they're just like us mm-hmm. gays so, I mean, this was kind of just the, this was the beginnings of that. Yeah. Because, you know, gay people still can be sexist and gay people still can be racist. And unfortunately, that kind of shows in ways that hurt the most marginalized parts of our community. Yeah. And gay people can be, like, weird about gender. <laughs> yeah, gay people can be really weird about gender. So, well, that sucks. Yeah, so after that rally, she disbanded Star and left activism for two decades. 
because she was like, I- I'm done with all of you, which is like fair because she had lived a very hard life up until that point, and it's like was not appreciated for all of the work that she put into the gay movement. So I would leave for two. I would leave for two decades too. I feel like I do know about Sylvia Rivera. I feel like I heard about her in um, one of my 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 crime podcasts. Except it was about, I think it was about like the life of Marsha P. Johnson, and they were talking about. I mean, they just recap crime documentaries. Yeah, um, and I think she was interviewed in it, and they and they were talking about her. I specifically remember the thing about the rally and how after that she was like fuck this shit yeah well because unfortunately one of the reasons why she returned to activism was because in 1992 after new york state pride march marsh p johnson's body was found floating in the hudson river off the west village piers police promptly ruled it as a suicide despite there obviously being a head wound and many of her friends knew that Marsha P. Johnson was not suicidal, and he, she was being harassed at the same spot earlier before. So th- unfortunately, that's what got her back into it. Kind of, yeah. She gave many speeches about the Stonewall and the need for you know trans people and drag queens and butches to fight for their legacy as a part of the LGBT movement. Hmm. She went to Italy for the Millennium March in 2000. Don't know what that is. I actually don't. I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, 2000, like, Millennium, like, Mm. stuff. She was acclaimed there as the mother of all gay people. (laughs) Early 2001, at service at the Metropolitan Community Church of New York, referring to the Star of Bethlehem announcing the birth of Jesus, she decided to resurrect Star as an act of political organization changing it to transgender instead of transvestite yes star fought for the new york state transgender rights bill and a trans inclusive new york state sexual orientation and non-discrimination act and it also sponsored street pressures for you know women who trans women who have been murdered and for them to get justice she also revered also attacked human rights campaign and Empire State Pride agenda as standing in the way of transgender rights. Even on her deathbed, she met with leaders of these organizations to negotiate transgender inclusion in its political structure and agenda. Do you know how she died? Yes. Oh, okay. She was obviously angered by the assimilation culture of the 90s, and obviously uh, that gay leaders were focusing on military, like don't ask, don't tell, and marriage equality. Obviously she had different ideas about these newer LGBT groups and how they were part of the mainstream LGBT movement, forced mainstream, and how it kind of abandoned the activism and radical politics that existed in the 70s and 80s and during the AIDS crisis that they're kind of, they kind of were moving away from that activism which is something that we've seen over and over again. <laughs> she also she was banned from the New York Gay and Lesbian Community Center for several years in the mid 90s <laughs> because on a cold winter's night she aggressively demanded that the center take care of poor and homeless queer youth. 
Um, <laughs> Why is that even something she had to demand? That's like... <laughs> yeah. Um, a parent quote from her for from that was, quote, one of our main goals now is to destroy the human rights campaign because I'm tired of sitting on the back of the bumper. It's not even on the back of the bus anymore. It's the back of the bum- bumper. The bitch on the wheels is back. <laughs> you know, she was one of those people who, obviously, unfortunately, because of her life experiences understood the intersectionality between sexuality and gender and poverty and homelessness and discrimination, which, you know, you had organizations at that time called the Gay Activist Alliance that were mostly made up of middle-class gay men and obviously did not share similar experiences so a lot of those times it was dismissed and not seen as, you know, pretty packaging to, like, present to the nice straight people to give us a race. So, um, and it's it's been this constant struggle of wanting to return to radical and activists are the roots of the gay movement versus, you know, the, you know, assimilation game. Some people, you know, you don't, we're not just like them, but that's what works for marriage. Obviously, it doesn't work for homelessness or drug addiction or AIDS or any of that stuff, too. So it's kind of like ignoring a large majority of the queer experience obviously is not helping the movement Mm -hmm. and hasn't helped the movement for decades. Yeah, I think the main point that these that like a lot of you know the radical activists that we've been covering it's more that they just don't want people to be dying like they they just want to prevent you know the youth of our you know communities from like dying just because of the way that they were born you know it's kind of just like gotta give them give them a hand yeah it's People don't want to see how, and I mean, this is a common thread with everything. People don't want to see how things intersect. People don't want to make it, people don't want to think about how complicated things are and that people aren't just one thing and that's like what they should stick to because we've said this a billion times and we're probably going to say it a billion more, but being female and gay is different from being male and gay and cis and gay and trans and gay and black and gay and black and trans. All these experiences are different from each other and they should be different from each other and that's what makes us a stronger community. But it's it's frustrating when a large majority of that is just like swept under the rug in the name of so-called progress. And you see like these activists, especially from like the beginning of the movement being left behind because they didn't fit into this box of what people wanted the gay rights movement to be looked at in the United States. Yeah, it sucks because like they're basically the founders of the movement. And it's like even though we do have like completely different experiences, like there's still that thread where there's like that common that common thread, and we should all build off of that and help each other. Just just help each other. Yeah. R- Riviera died 
February, on February 2002, complications of liver cancer. Yeah. There's many tributes to her in New York. Quote with, we have to be visible. We should not be ashamed of who we are. We have to show the world that we are numerous. There are many of us out there. There's, you know, she has many interviews. And in 1995, she talked, that's where she really talked about her fluidity with, like, gender and, like, identity. And... You know, ex- in, you know, experiencing all of them and none of them and some of them and just kind of, you know, just like understanding things outside of the binary. She said, I left home at the age 10 in 1961. I hustled on 42nd Street. The early 60s was not a good time for drag queens, effeminate boys or boor- boys that wore makeup like we did. Back then, we were beat up by the police, by everybody. I really didn't come out as a drag queen until the late 60s when drag queens drag queens were arrested, what degradation there was. I remember the first time I got arrested, I wasn't even in full drag. I was walking down the street and the cops just snatched me. And she was with, I don't know her full name, but she was with Owen Joya. So they were trying to like label her as a lesbian. She's like, I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> I'm me. Which, you know... I think it's interesting on Twitter. It's like you, as much as we're frustrated by not having the words now, I think obviously even less exists. Like, then. like even like using and describing her as gender fluid is obviously a term that's been like more put into like the mainstream of you know queer vocabulary even like the last five years. So like using it is correct and also incorrect at the same time. It and it, it's hard because it's kind of one of those things where it's like even like sexual identity like gay and lesbian didn't exist before you know the words didn't exist before so when you're describing people from like the 1700s who are like oh they weren't gay i'm like well they weren't using the word gay but they still were gay (laughs) they still acted it acted gay yeah so it's it was like one of it's like kind of one of those instances where i think you know you it's hard to and i think that's always a challenge i think we always should strive to do better with it but you have to keep fighting through the language even though it might not it didn't exist before and it exists now and like eventually there'll be maybe a word that makes more sense for her that we don't have now but I think that's you know having someone who kind of was outside of the gender binary being so integral to the gay rights movement is important to talk about. Yeah, and I mean, she was <laughs> one of many that were part of the movement. Yeah, I mean, she was a sex worker. She struggled with addiction. She lived on the street. She was homeless. These are still, <laughs> unfortunately, things that, I mean, plague every community, obviously, but very much plague the LGBT community and large majorities of homeless youth are, are queer. That's not something that has changed in the past 50 years. And it's shown that ignoring it, mainstream, obviously there's people who've been fighting this whole time, and that is good, but mainstream ignoring it obviously hasn't done anything. <laughs> because... We have, we closed our eyes and blah, blah, blah. and look, there's still all these problems because 
there's a lot of things that we need to fight for and like that sucks but you gotta do it i mean these women like these people did that they're like shit sucks like uh, they're getting harassed by cops they're getting beat up by cops they're getting beat up by random dudes and all like living on the streets and they're like no we want our fucking rights like that's like that isn't like insanely brave it's badass yeah and i hope that talking about rivera and women like her kind of we need to and there's parts of the gay community where we need to restart this conversation again there's plenty of people who know who she is and have you know done the work and have know and like have had this passed on through the community because it hadn't been you know if you are only relying on mainstream gay culture you're not going to know this stuff and that's also a kind of frustrating because it's like it's we're erased from like we're erasing ourselves like we're we're erased from textbooks and like history and then when we are talked about we do get the microphone we're erasing was there that stupid stonewall that stupid stonewall movie that came out a couple years ago you had like a white dude throw the brick i'm like you can know barely anything about stonewall and know that was incorrect and it means a lot because they're constantly erased now you're erasing black and brown trans women with this stupid movie that (laughs) it was like people were fighting for their lives and just made it like this little shiny package of like yay protesting it's cool it's like what are you doing like we're like we're doing this to to ourselves and it's just no i know i agree like the ignorance within our own community is just like staggering and on one hand it's understandable because we don't learn about it but it's even though it's understandable it's still extremely dangerous to erase these people from our history because there's people now who are experiencing the same thing and we need to celebrate that the beginnings of our movement were because of people like Sylvia Rivera. Yep. Yeah. So, you know. And as one of those ignorant gays, well, kind of, I did know about this woman, just didn't know her name. I knew her actions. Not the name, which, I mean, I could do better. Yeah, I mean, I also didn't, before doing this episode, I also didn't know what I should have known about her. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I know everything about this, because I I read about it before the episode, so I kind of had that luxury of knowing a little bit more than you, because that's the point (laughs) of the podcast. Yay. Yay. So. Well. Thank you for telling me this story. Yeah, I'm glad that we could do this. And, you know, happy anniversary. (laughs) Happy anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I guess that's our show. If you have any comments or questions, you can email us at queersdidthat at gmail.com or tweet us at queersdidthat. Until next time, make gay history and make history gay. Bye. Bye. Snugs and hugs. Snugs and hugs.